This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the old Trailblazer, riding out again on old Dan, blazing the path to the hearts of sinners, up and down the road, clippity-clop, clippity-clop. You know, the old Trailblazers got the idea of this broadcast, Pastor Shelton did back there many, many years ago, back in the 50s. And he remembered, and I remember vaguely, reading about the old Trailblazers, the old circuit riders that used to go. And especially, I know the Methodist church, my grandmother was a Methodist, shouting Methodist, they call it. And those preachers would go from house to house, village to village, area to area. And they would spend the night with one of their families there, put the old horse up in the barn and feed him good hay and, and uh, take his Bible inside and, and uh, have maybe have service there with that family. But if not, get up and go the next day. Right into the next little town, the next little old church where they had churches scattered around, and they called them circuit riders. Well, we call them trailblazers because they get out there and they blaze a trail. They cut a they cut a trail to where folks can get to see the see the gospel, see the truth. So this is the old trailblazer, Pastor Albert Pendarvis, and I wish you'd help me with the broadcast a little if you could. And remember, uh, I, I I I love to come into your home, drink a cup of coffee with you sometime. And uh, I appreciate every one of you that have written me and called me and emailed me, telling me how much you appreciate this little old broadcast. And all our purpose is here is to get out the gospel. We, we don't have an axe to grind with anybody. Oftentimes we refute error and it gets on folks' toes. But I want to bring you some uh, thoughts right now. People call me and ask me, say, Trailblazer, what are you all about? What are you, what, 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 who are you? What do you treat? What do you preach? So I have a little th- list here that we've put together. And I'm going to give you a little excerpts of it now, and I'll send it to you in the mail if you'd like it. We believe that the Bible, God's Word, is the inerrant, eternal, absolute, unbroken, verbally inspired Word of God. We believe that there's one and only one living and true God. We believe that man was a direct, perfect creation of God, but by voluntary transgression he fell from that holy and happy state and his fall became totally depraved. We believe, I believe, that salvation of any sinner is holy of grace, holy of the Lord, apart from any works or any kind, and that Christ on the cross became our substitute, in our, our substitute, our scapegoat. We believe that in order for a sinner to be saved, he must be regenerated or born again. He must, he, which means he must be made a new creature in Christ, which is a work of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that repentance and faith are sacred duties and inseparable graces wrought in our souls by the regenerating spirit of the Holy Spirit. We believe that election is the eternal purpose of God according to which he graciously regenerates, sanctifies, and saves sinners. We believe in the eternal security of the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that they're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. And let me give you this little uh, instant. I had a man call me the other day, a preacher, taking issue with me about the, the eternal salvation of God's child, eternal security. And I, we, I dealt with him kindly, and so I finally asked him, I said, well, let me ask you something. You know where it says our names are written in the palms of his hands? He said, sure, I do. I said, well, do you think the Lord will erase my name out of his hand? If it was engraved there or inscribed there in his hand, do you think he'll erase that out of his hand? He didn't know what to say. Then I believe that the law of God is the eternal and unchangeable rule of his moral government, that it's just and holy and good, 
and that the inability which the Scriptures ascribe to fallen man to fulfill its precept arises entirely from his love of sin, and the law is the handmaiden of grace to bring that sinner to Christ, who alone kept the law. And I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ was virgin-born, and that he's the eternal Son of God. I believe in the imminent, soon coming of our blessed Lord back to this earth again. I believe that Christian baptism is the immersion in water of any believer who, by the Holy Spirit is in his heart, has brought forth fruits suitable for repentance. I'm just giving you some excerpts of this. I believe the Lord's Supper is the second of two ordinances that Christ left us. I believe the first day of the week is the Lord's Day or the Christian Sabbath. I believe that civil government is of divine appointment, and I believe that the local assembly known as the church set forth in the New Testament is the only divine institution established by the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe all of the above is found in God's holy word because they're found there. And then I can sum it up with these five precious doctrines, the doctrine of the sovereignty of God or God on the throne, the total depravity of the natural man, salvation by grace and blood redemption, which we're speaking of now, the person and work of the Holy Spirit, and then the soon coming of our blessed Lord back to earth again. So if you'd like to have a copy of that, I'd be glad to mail it to you. You just email me or contact me. I'll be glad to send it to you. Uh, free and post pages, two pages. And uh, setting forth what the old trailblazer here, radio missions, uh, what we believe. And uh, we get into that. It's a little deeper than that. We didn't go into the uh, Bible versions, the error of those Bible versions. We have a we have a, a paper on that showing you the errors, and I'll send that along with it. Then uh, let's get back to our let's get back to our study. We were looking there how that Abraham had told had been told to take his son, his only begotten son, and going to offer him up as a burnt offering. And uh, let's look. But when the call of God came for him to surrender, uh, Abraham never hesitated. That's where we were. How few of us today know any, anything of what it means to be saved? How few of us think in terms of the cross and death and when it comes to salvation? The greatest thing in this life, if it ever happens, is to receive the effectual call. And that's what happened to me. I mentioned to you about the little church that I belonged to, and I left there and was going to hear Pastor Shelton. And somewhere along the line, the Lord called me, gave me that effectual call. And you asked me about election, who, is the, who are the elect? I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what we do? We look back to election. I look back and see how that the Lord elected me before the foundations of the world. I didn't know that until he saved me. No, sir, I didn't know it. But listen, uh, how few receive that call? How few are saved today? You remember the scripture where they asked the Lord, are there few that be saved? I know what I'm talking about, my friend. You might take issue with me if you want to, but I know, I know. As the fellow said, I know I've been there. I, I, I've been there and I've I, I done something. Like the, like the little boy that had the stomach ache and he went to complaining to his uh, his daddy and his mama. And they told him, well, there wasn't nothing wrong with him. He had eaten a bunch of green apples. And uh, he told him, said, I got inside information. Well, I got inside information. In the third verse there, we find that Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for a burnt offering, and rose up, and went to the place which God had told him. Now, my friend, 
uh, I'm, I, I, I stress all the time, we got to obey. You got to obey to ever be saved. Did you know that? You, you, can't, you can't disobey God. The prophet told Saul, he said, it's better to obey than to sacrifice. It doesn't matter uh, how much you sacrifice if you don't obey, my friend. What an obedient spirit Abraham had. What a spirit of yielding unto the authority and command of Jehovah. And he said, Abraham, take thy son. Take him to that mountain yonder which I'll show you and offer him up as a burnt offering. Early the next morning. Don't you like that expression? I like the early morning, don't you? Oh, my friend, I've, I've, I've operated a, a business for many, many years, and I opened up first thing in the morning, every morning. I was always there before my employees got there. Opened up the gate and got everything opened up, made coffee and had coffee waiting for them when they got there. I like that early morning stuff. And here what Abraham, I see what he did. It says uh, early the next morning. He didn't wait, did he? He didn't wait around. And there he went, obeying the command. It is one of the greatest moments of a mother or father's life if they're saved when they, when they detect the Spirit of God dealing with one of their children. And when they see that God has given that child that effectual call, then it is that they betake of themselves to the chamber of prayer to offer that child upon Calvary's cross as an offering unto, the, unto the God. They know that they came to Christ. They know how. They know that one day they stood there in the place of death. They remember that one day they were slain by the eternal spirit of God and raised to new life in Christ. And this, they knew another thing, and that is they can trust their child. They can trust their child to that new life in Christ. They know another thing, and that is uh, that they can turn him over into the hands of a sovereign God and in all things, the Lord does all things well. You know, in the salvation of a soul, there comes, there comes a line over which you cannot pass. You have to trust that soul into the hands of the great physician. You sit down out there on the outside of the waiting room while God takes that individual into the delivery room, slays him, raises him to life. Yes, you can stand aside and watch with the spirit of confidence and know that the Holy Spirit takes hold of one of your loved ones and brings him to the altar, there slays him, brings him to the end of all flesh, raises him now to a new life in Christ, and when he comes back, when that child comes back, he'll be a new child. Oh, a new child. I, I, I have a new heart and a new life. And the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Let me just stop here and probe your heart a little bit. Is the old things has the old things passed away in your heart? I, I have folks who tell me they know the Lord, and that's their business. If they do, I never question anybody. Uh, if I do, I keep it to myself. But I, I have folks who tell me that they're saved, and I see that same old critical spirit that I've been seeing there for years. I see that old long tongue that's always ready to criticize some poor old soul that don't that kind of looks sideways at them. I see those things, my friend. And then I see some of them giving with that uh, with that spirit of covetousness, just dr drop a nickel into the plate sometime, but no, most of the time don't give nothing, don't give anything. I see those things, my friend. Old, old trailblazers, I tell folks, I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. I got a little sense. I know, I know, I, I don't believe you have to, I believe it's, I, I don't believe it's hard to tell when a person gets saved. 
I do. That spirit, that spirit's going to change, my friend. You're going to be perfect? No, no, not going to be perfect. But my friend, there'll be a new spirit there. There'll be a new how to do, Pastor. How to do, Trailblazer. How you doing today, Trailblazer? How you doing? You don't walk down and walk around the other way when you see me coming. No, no. I often said I see folks standing outside at Fellowship Day uh, talking, whispering, whispering, whispering. When I walk up, they shut up. There's something wrong, my friend. Something wrong. That's not a new person. That's not a new spirit. That's just a sham. That's just a, that's just a hypocrite. Oh, my friend, listen. I tell folks, if you don't want everybody to hear it, don't say it. Don't say it. No. Come on. Come clean. Come clear. Old, old brother Louis Pelago used to tell us, come clean, come clear, go to hell. Come clean, come clear, go to hell. And I tell you, my friend, that's a good that's a good saying. Come clean, come clear, go to hell. You can't rob God and get by with it. You can't slip around on your wife and get by with it and call yourself a preacher. Like I used to tell you about the old man I knew that li- lived here in that kind of life and sung in the choir like a buzzard croaking, my friend. My, my. But the old trailblazer, time's run out. And we get back into this study tomorrow. And uh, uh, the weeks pass by real quickly. But uh, looking at Abraham, taking Isaac up there and offering him, and uh, Jehovah Jireh, we're going to see that. And remember, <clears throat> if you would, pray for me and help the old trailblazer get along a little bit. It'd take a lot of burden off of him if you help me with the broadcast a little. I wouldn't have to scrimp and save and cut corners and do those things and uh, not try not to take any stations off the air. But remember, my mailing address, the old trailblazer, Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And my website, don't forget my website, radiomissions.org. And if you will, look us up there on your computer on Sermon Audio. Find a great many sermons there. Goodbye and God bless you.